0: Wait a minute, I heard music on a boot box. <laughs>
1: it's Midsummer Maniacs. Hey, Maniacs. Hey, Maniacs. I'm
0: Sarah. And I'm Mark. And this is Midsummer Maniacs, a podcast dedicated to the ITV series, Midsummer Murders. Each week, we dig into an episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. This week, we're
1: talking about Dark Autumn, which is season four, episode five.
0: And this is episode 18 of our podcast. Just a little disclaimer off the top, if you let your kids watch the show, they should be able to handle the podcast. But if the show is too much for your kids, the podcast probably is too.
1: But it could be too much in so many different ways, you know?
0: Indeed, it could.
1: This one may be too much just because it's difficult to keep track of everybody. And their goings on. Yeah. Luckily, a lot of them die, so that kind of simplifies it as we go on.
0: It does indeed. This episode was filmed October and November in the year 2000. Broadcast date was the 16th of September 2001 with 9.77 million viewers. Go Midsummer. Absolutely. Directed by our favorite Jeremy Silberston and written by Peter Hammond. I got an interesting little Fact about Peter Hammond. Oh yeah! In the early seventies, he directed a show called Ace of Wands. He wrote a show called Ace of Wrong. Ace of Wands. Hmm. And this show that he wrote, the I I just want to read the IMDb synopsis for you. Some of
1: the actors in Midsummer have been in that. We're in that show, by yes. the way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a telepathic stage magician named Tarot and his two assistants solve mysteries. And crimes of a bizarre or magical nature and battle against villains with
1: various powers. Ooh. Ooh. It's like Jonathan Creek if magic was real mm-hmm. <laughs> and way over the top. Oh, it's very hippie. I watched about
0: twenty minutes of an episode
1: and wow. That's all you could handle, huh? Yeah. Well, he moved on. It was on. freaky,
0: man. He freaky. Moved
1: on to better things. <laughs> Absolutely. He writes good episodes of Midsummer.
0: He does indeed. Just to do another IMDb synopsis, I usually don't put these in because they're usually horrible. But this one is a gold star. It's uh, horrible in an
1: awesome way. Is
0: that it? So the synopsis for this episode is the following: the near decapitation of a local postman whose hyperactive libido also makes him the village lothario leads to a series of grisly murders involving other promiscuous villagers.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. That does sum it up. It does. But it
0: also makes it sound like he didn't die. Yeah. That he survived his near decapitation.
1: Yeah, because it you know, it was only a near decapitation, not like the guy whose head rolls into the living room. <laughs> it's close. But not complete. Well, it's just a bill hook. It's not a scimitar. <laughs> this has got one of the best cold openings. And there are many good cold openings in Midsummer, but this is one of my favorites. It's the one I remember really well, because the music is an absolute evil earworm. It is indeed.
0: The music is The Creep by Ted Heath and his orchestra. And wow, if you know Midsummer people, you go into a room of them and you go, da 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 They all know exactly the
1: music. They all whip out their bill hooks and wave them to the music. <laughs> That's what we do. So Dave
0: Cutler, our postman, is delivering the mail. Mm -hmm. But he's doing a bit
1: more than delivering the mail. (laughs) He's delivering some gropes and... Dave, don't be so stupid. Don't just grab my boob. (laughs) Right here on the doorstep. It's really dark. I wondered like, why he's delivering mail so early. We expect to have the newspaper delivered, you know, maybe before the sun comes up. It This is October.
0: And yet this is Holly Reed delivering the newspapers at the same time. Yeah.
1: So she's delivering the newspapers and it's it's really dark outside. And I, w- I was curious. So I looked it up and th- this is supposedly near Oxford, right? Yes. So in October in Oxford, the sun comes up at about 6.50 in the morning. Okay. So it's, it's not really that early. It's it not it could be like six o'clock. Yeah. But it seems like middle of the night. i like, our mailman doesn't come that early.
0: Now, that being said, we have to tell people that we're early risers. So 6 o'clock doesn't seem too early in the morning for us. No. But it may for other people.
1: Yeah. But you get the impression it's like 3 a.m. It's so dark. Yeah, it's very, very dark. Well... The, the only
0: place that it's more dark is when they go to the village hall that used to be the dance hall and it is pitch black when they get there. The like Roxy. The, That's
1: because there's plywood over all the windows.
0: No, but like outside, the the shot of it outside mm. is like the darkest dark of Darktown.
1: We've got two characters already. Holly Reed is played by Kate Maberly. And there's two interesting things you need to know about Holly. Okay,
0: tell me about Kate.
1: One is that after she made this episode, She's 18 or 19. Yeah. She looks younger than that, but she's 18 or 19. She went on to the London Conservatory of Music and got double first in piano and cello.
0: Wow. She is Miss Fancy Pants.
1: And she now writes a lot of music scores. Oh, cool. She does that more than, than acting. Okay. But even more interesting to us, anyway, okay. is that her sister is Polly Maberly, who was Julie in Who Killed Cock Robin. Okay, who's the Julie? The girl who's getting married. Oh, really? That's her sister. So, like, two sisters... In a row. Back-to-back back back episodes. back to back episodes. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. And Dave Cutler is... Played by Rupert Walls. Oh, sorry, Rupert. That's unfortunate. That's an unfortunate name. He's only in the episode for what, 30 seconds or something like
0: that? (laughs) His picture is in the episode. His apartment is in the episode longer longer than than he is.
1: Yeah. But he had another role to play in Midsummer. He was a third assistant director for five different episodes, including this one.
0: So they were like, oh, the guy who was supposed to play Dave didn't show up. Hey, you're handsome. Get in there. Get in there.
1: Does this uniform fit you? Can you carry this bag? Yep. Can you get
0: it sliced off? Your head sliced <laughs> off with a bill hook? Nearly. Nearly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have a lot of acting credits, so I think he's primarily a director. But what would a third assistant director do?
0: So that person does either two jobs, right? They either help the second AD with setting up the camera and stuff like that, or when the second AD does B-roll or shoots off-site without the actors, they're the backup for that person.
1: Okay, because it sort of sounded like the assistant to the assistant to the assistant to the assistant. It kind
0: of is, but it's still got director in the name. So in a film crew, that
1: holds a lot of weight. Yeah. When I was in publishing, everybody was an editor. Yes. So there was like environmental editors. I was a janitor, yes. you know. <laughs> so I wasn't sure how deep uh, directors really go. So this cold open is kind of, again,
0: like a horror. It's like a slasher movie. Yeah. Right? Because it has the whole bladed weapon, like the reveal of the weapon is is
1: kind of, it glints in the moonlight. Is there some foley there? Like, shring. Yeah, when, I think so. When you get out a sword the first time. Yeah. There's no sheath for a billhook. No,
0: there But isn't. it does glint in the moonlight. It does. And we know that it's going to be bad for somebody. And we're the first time you see this, you're worried about the little girl. Yeah. Right? But it's it's Dave. And Dave, Dave takes it, right? Mm-hmm. And he just, the guy just, the killer just walks up to him and kills him.
1: And we've already mentioned the song, The Creep. Yes. It's the signature of the killer. Because he doesn't always use the billhook. So,
0: so John is the killer. Okay.
1: Oh, you ruined it for everybody. But we always tell them. <laughs> so
0: he's dressed in his big leather coat, right. which must have gigantic pockets for his tape player. Yeah. And his billhook.
1: <laughs> yeah, this music he because it reminds of him of his mom, and so he's always got it playing when he and kills he's somebody. He's a creep, and he's being a creep, listening to the creep. But it's so inconsistent in that at, you know he, if he's walking around with this cassette player. You'd think more people would hear it, and that like Holly is within like fifteen feet of him at some at one point when she's leaving one of the doors, and he's standing there supposedly playing this tape, and she doesn't stop and look to see where the sound is coming from.
0: And it has great fidelity, you know. Like nowadays, John would just be throwing it up on Spotify on his phone, right? Yeah. So <laughs> he'd have
1: to have a Bluetooth on his leather that jacket or something. horrible
0: tinny speaker on your phone.
1: So. <laughs> Yeah, and everybody reports later having heard some kind of old timey music.
0: Dave gets it. I like my Midsummers where they get to the killing right away.
1: I can't say that their special effects on his neck are all that impressive. We don't see any meat or anything. No, but John would be covered in blood. Yeah, because he's in front of him for that
0: kill. Like, yeah, he doesn't like hook him from behind. We're talking arterial spray at yeah, this point. Yeah, I though. think
1: I think he would have something on him. But you know, maybe that's why the leather coat's handy because he can just hose it down. Holly finds the body and freaks out poor, as she should. Poor Holly. Yeah, absolutely. Then we get to creepy in another way. Owen August and his hiking.
0: Yes, he's out for a
1: walk. In his sock hat. Yes. And
0: Simon Reason, who sells desks and desks and desks.
1: (laughs) Desks are us.
0: And desks.
1: Oh, and angle lamps.
0: Yes, and angle lamps Mm -hmm. and file cabinets where you can put your underwear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is opening his shop and...
1: Robin's at the pub and Debbie's getting her mail it's just a typical morning, yeah, the right? Mornings Everybody's all doing up, what
0: they're doing. But we hear the the sirens because the cops have found Dave also.
1: Yeah. And so we get to meet WPC Jay Nash. She's the local community support police person. And she tells Mike Yatman that the road is closed,
0: which is like I can't get back to the dairy. Blah <laughs> blah <laughs> blah blah.
1: Oh, he's so annoying. And like with Who Killed Cock Robin, we've got a death basically in the village roundabout. Yes. You know,
0: that's right in the middle of the village. So at at this point, I said to myself, I need to create a guide to help Sarah remember all these people in their relationships. (laughs) Because I keep going, who is this person and...
1: Who are they related to? Who are they married to, but who are they sleeping with instead? So there's
0: the Yatemans, which is Mousy Woman and Dairy Farmer
1: Angry. Right. Mary and Mike. And then... There's the Shortlands. Debbie, the accountant, who's going to die. And Keith, her very sad but works in the city husband.
0: Yes. Then there's the Reasons... That are separated. Simon sells. Oh, what are the things he sells again? Desks, <laughs> and his
1: wife is Janet
0: is a, a antiques dealer. She sells real antiques, real antiques.
1: And then there are the Augusts.
0: Yes, which is Owen and Old Duckface. Louise. <laughs> We have this thing where there are a number <laughs> of British women that we call Duckface, and then we have sort of nomenclature around that. There is Duckface Prime, and where the, all this comes from is Four Weddings and a Funeral mm-hmm. because she's called Duckface. I forget the actress's name from Four Weddings and a Funeral, but there are another other couple of actresses who have that kind of.
1: Longer top lip that they tend to like kind of stick out a yes. little bit.
0: So there's the, the poor unfortunate duck face lady from Luther.
1: Right. She's young duck face. She's young
0: duck face. And this is old duck face.
1: Yeah. Celia Emery is Who old. Is fantastic. I love her. Oh, she's a great actress. Yeah. But she definitely has that lip. Yes. And she works it. <laughs> so Troy makes this... Uh, he, he's trying to guess like why did somebody kill the postman? Yes. And he says this thing... That I still I know what he means, but I haven't been able to figure out why he says it the way he says it. He's like, Why why would somebody kill a village postman? The most you would get is a couple of giro's. Yes. That you could take and but you'd have to cash them. So he's t- talking about like what we would call social security checks, Something I'm assuming. Like
0: that. But I don't know why he calls them giro's. I don't know, because I have a note here that says, Look up what giro's are and I didn't do it. I did. Okay.
1: And had no luck. Okay. So maybe maybe it's like It's
0: a Troy thing.
1: Maybe it's like geriatric checks cuz you're old people. I maybe, don't know. Maybe
0: I don't know. If you're in Britain and you know what a giro is. Or why why it's called a giro. In a, a mailbag, not like a gyro sandwich, whatever they're called. Which is a euro.
1: Yes. <laughs> maybe they're gyroscopic checks. <laughs> He's just pronouncing it wrong. I don't know. I don't you know can't see me can doing do like that. a hula hoop motion in my chair, <laughs> acting like a gyroscope.
0: Uh, what do you guys do around here for fun? We have two pubs and a chip fan
1: That only shows up once every other week or once something like that? Once every other week. Oh, I wish we had a fish and chip van that showed up.
0: But Troy and Jay, they have a lot of smiles between each other. Ooh.
1: Yeah. There's, there's a, a l- love
0: connection There's there. like
1: this little moment where there may as well be like hearts and stars coming out from their heads and oh music.
0: So one of the pubs is called The Plow. It has to be. It has good food, a beer garden, real ales, and yeah. it's a pub with a difference.
1: What difference does it? Have? It's different in that they play Aunt Sally there. No. no, lots of places play Aunt Sally. It's different that they have an old curmudgeon-y barman. No, oh. no, no. Then I have no idea. Really, uh, it's the it's, pub with the difference. It's got it's something that makes it different from the other pub in the village.
0: And the other pub in the village is the sword and
1: scepter. That's pretty different than the plow.
0: Yes, I am aware
1: that those two <laughs> things are well, different. Well that's the difference. And that's... I wonder if they call
0: it the plough and the other one the sword for plows into short soul uh swords into plowshares. Swords into plowshares. I wonder if it's that that that's a joke that the writer and the two of us and now all of you got. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wink, wink, huh, huh? Get it? Get it? Oh, <laughs> it's so clever.
0: Simon needs the mail
1: right away. <laughs> he's desperate for a check because the text man's after him. Because apparently he's not paying VAT on his desks. Yes.
0: But, <laughs> but John Field and Barbara Judd have no idea what he's talking about. Now, John Field. Killer. I wonder if he's related to uh, the Field from the
1: last episode. Two yeah. episodes from the UFO episode. No. Okay. But the actor, Robert Glenister, is related to somebody important. And who is that? Philip Glenister, who is DCI Gene Hunt in Life on Mars. Gene Genie! Gene Genie. He is Gene Genie's brother. Okay, that
0: that makes sense because he, he has a Gene Genie vibe to him. Yeah. Now, if you haven't watched Life on Mars, you have mm-hmm. no idea what we we're talking about life on Mars is a it runs two three seasons.
1: Yeah, it's set in the 60s. This guy goes back in time and is a cop, but none of that matters. The Gene Genie is like the coolest cop who ever existed. He, he He's is. like White Shaft. He's awesome. <laughs>
0: White shaft with T.
1: Yeah. And they even call him Gene Genie. And there's that awesome sketch comedy that makes fun of Midsummer where Gene Genie comes in and solves the crime on YouTube. Yeah, and it, it's it just, Gene Genie
0: and Midsummer.
1: Yeah, it made me think of that. Plus, he was formerly married to Amanda Redman, who plays DS Pullman on New Tricks. Oh, okay. She's the cool. blonde who's like the one person who's always in New Tricks. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. And they're married? Oh, okay. They used to be. They're no longer married. Oh, well, that's a shame. Yeah, he's Gene Genie's brother. That must be an interesting gathering. Yeah. You know, (laughs) Christmas. No, I'm the brother with the bad teeth. He's the cool one. Like, (laughs) that would be the conversation.
0: My note here is should John's face not be covered in blood?
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's fast to to wash it off, I guess. And
0: then we have (laughs) Aid, who is. (laughs) Okay, the last episode I talked about the useless vicar. Aid is the useless farmer angry guy. Uh,
1: Is he a farmer?
0: I don't know what he actually does. He's like a gameskeeper.
1: Yeah, but not for anybody.
0: He makes that damn fence all episode.
1: But on the side of a hill, and he's not fencing in anything.
0: So those fences, there's a whole kind of thing around these fences. I forget the exact name of them. I'll have to look it up.
1: They're like split reed
0: fences. Split reed fences. And... They're usually created when you're really poor and you want to put your animals in a spot. Right. And keep them there. Yeah. But Ada has no animals. No. A dog. Yeah, He has a dog. And he doesn't appear to have a home because he only goes to the pub, but he's got a big
1: old billhook. And if he's Owen's gamekeeper, if he actually works for Owen, he doesn't want to keep his job. No, he doesn't. Because he curses him out. Disrespects him, treats him pretty crappy. Not like not like Owen is his boss. Yeah, absolutely. But he does have several bill hooks. One of which goes missing. Dun Mm. dun dun. Mary is really upset. Yeah, because she really like her
0: husband tells her Dave is dead.
1: (laughs) He knows that she's had an affair with him, but he told her to stop, so she did. That it was done. She's been behaving. Yeah, since whatever. And then Simon's got like, you know, eight hours before he goes to tax prison. And Debbie's his only hope. Debbie, you got to save me. <laughs> Owen is, I find his character complex and troubling. Owen? Yeah. See,
0: okay. Owen's a creep. Okay. He does creepy things, but I kind of like
1: him. I can't decide.
0: I kind of do. But he should have been told what was going on in the village.
1: <laughs> wow. He's
0: not walking around on his he, on his property. He's getting on his high horse on his property.
1: Yeah, he comes home and it's like, what's going on in the village? And Louise tells him and. Uh... He's like, well, I should have been told. How does that make me look? And then she says, oh, poor David. And he goes, well, as you remember, you know, it was Dave, except on special occasions. Like, being murdered isn't a special occasion.
0: Well, apparently having sex with Louise is.
1: I think if you can call somebody by their full name on any day, the day they're murdered is one of them.
0: I would think so. But the police are not really impressed by Owen's OBE.
1: No, they don't care about that. No. He wants everybody to care about it. And then all these old dudes are are at the bar, right? It seems too early in the morning for them to all be at the bar.
0: They're all at the bar. There's a lot of bar work done early in the morning here. And he wasn't a very honorable man. He liked other men's women too much.
1: Well, Ben, the guy behind the bar, is ticked. Yes. Because now they don't have a full Aunt Sally team. So, Aunt Sally. Aunt Sally. What did I say?
0: No, you said it right. right. You said Aunt Sally. Aunt Sally is a game that these pubs play. I didn't go into a deep hole for Aunt Sally. I went into a deep hole about finding out how much it would take for us to set up
1: an Aunt (laughs) Sally thing in the backyard. A bitch. Because it looked kind of fun. It does look kind of fun. It looks kind of easy.
0: Yeah, I, I would think so. So... A a little tiny aside, I'll be real quick about this. I went to England in 93 for the first time. And I went to Hastings and spent the night because I wanted to see what the ocean looked like there. And as I was eating in a pub, just normal everyday pub, I went by myself on this trip. The barman was like, you're visiting town. Do you have anything to do tonight? And I was like, no, I have no idea what to do tonight. And he goes, well, come on. And he takes me through the back of the bar and down these stairs. I'm I'm at this point, I'm like, okay, where are we going? And through all these tunnels that they had built during the war for bombing, right? Way down, I'm completely lost. And now at this point in time, I'm like, I'm in a British horror movie.
1: <laughs> <I'm going laughs> Nobody's get, ever going to see me again.
0: And he takes me down and there's a sub bar below the bar, way below the bar. And they have this game that's like lawn bowling. They have like a whole area set up for it down like there. Bulls. Like bulls. But the best part is is they had taps <laughs> <laughs> running from the kegs up in the main bar down to to pumps to to tabs down in this bar. And downstairs the bar the beer was
1: free. Hey. You just took your
0: <laughs> and I sat there and played games with these people all night. And they asked me all these questions. It but was But they didn't wonderful. have an Aunt Sally pitch down no, there. No, huh? but they were the most wonderful, loving people I had met on my whole trip. So.
1: That is not the situation with Aunt Sally no. at the plow. It is a cutthroat game yeah. at the plow. and Owen runs it with an iron fist. And unfortunately, David Cutler was our best player. Oh, no, drats.
0: My marriage has always
1: been safe. <laughs> Weird, but safe. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to call safe. I guess. Tom goes to see Holly to get her version of what she saw that morning, and she is the snottiest child in existence. I just want to give her a Kleenex and say, blow your nose. Who
0: has more goop coming out of their face, the doctor in the car after the car crash or this child? Holly. I think so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. I heard music on a boot box. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, my note just says she's so snotty. <laughs> <laughs> they want to move a, a mobile incident room in, and Jay advises Tom and Troy that the people around won't won't take to it. Right? So. I think, on one hand, I think people who have something to say won't, It's a, in such a small village, they won't want other people to see that they're going to talk to the police. I guess that's right? one
0: argument, yeah.
1: And the other one is this kind of backwoods, small village, you know, banjo. Well, they won't take kindly to strangers in mobile incident rooms or around mobile here. mobile
0: libraries, apparently. Yeah, they don't even like <laughs> They've mobile. They've got those fancy
1: books. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> want anybody to see me going into the mobile <laughs> library, the shame. Oh, my gosh. Find us a building. Yeah. So they go to the Roxy. (laughs) Meanwhile,
0: Owen's listening to his version of music. Oh. Which is his wife having sex with Dave. Now. He's so weird. Louise is a trooper here because she had to record that stuff on her own in a studio somewhere. Yeah. And She's a trooper. She's an actor. That's what yep. they do. She's absolutely, I, I hope the guy recording that audio and her had a giant laugh the whole day.
1: Yeah. I hope they had a great time. Or maybe she just already had some recordings and she just handed them over. Yes. <laughs> oh, here we don't need to record that. I got some.
0: Bob Cutler, your name is now Dave.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's suddenly dark. How does it get so dark so fast? We go from a murder that happens before sunrise, and now it's dark. Okay, I'm
0: going to go over this a couple of times (laughs) in this episode. Okay. But... Dave Cutler got killed, let's say 6 a.m. this morning mm-hmm. in a small village. Yes. Now I've had an affair with Dave. Called Goodman's Land, by right? the way. That's the yes. village that we're in. I've had an affair with Dave. hmm And I know Simon wants to get his frickin' papers. Right. But I just got a phone call that was funny old music. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I've locked the door. Because I'm scared. So now I'm gonna go outside. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I'm not gonna walk along the road because that's blocked off because of Dave's murder. So I'll just... (laughs) Take a shortcut through the woods. Like,
0: why does she leave the house? Why couldn't she call Simon and go, get over here and get your own damn That's stuff? That's what
1: I would have been doing. And Simon would have been like, okay, and driven over. He would have been right there. And then why does her coat look like a bathrobe?
0: I do not know. <laughs> but luckily. Banana. <laughs> da, da, here comes the creep.
1: Ba, <laughs> na, 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 na. That that almost sound, when you sing it, it sounds like the um, Dick Van Dyke show theme song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so in the meantime, Barnaby has left the the darkness that is the the Roxy mm-hmm. and it's disco ball. Why mm-hmm. is the disco ball still there? I don't know. <laughs> and he's upstairs. Going through records, including 1955's "When You Lose the One You Love" by Dave Whitfield with Montavani's Orchestra.
1: <laughs> Did you listen to this music? I may have <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little. What I love most about the hall is that instead of an exit sign, it says "way out." Way out above the door. Way out. <laughs> <laughs> it could just say "out." Yep. But it says "way out." <laughs> Speaking of hippie movies. Meanwhile, Debbie gets killed. It's far out, dude. It's way
0: out. <laughs> and Debbie gets killed pretty violently. Yeah. Though, I don't know why she, like, at the sound of that music, she just drops all her papers. No, but she I think she trips because
1: it's muddy and she's wearing a robe.
0: Okay. I have a new name for our killer, though. Mm. The upbeat jazz music killer. Ah. Because that's what the, the uh, titles called
1: it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Up- g- upbeat jazz mu- music plays. Yes,
0: the upbeat jazz music killer. The killer with a soundtrack.
1: (laughs) But it's not a good one. Simon's looking for Debbie, right? He's desperate for his paperwork. Maybe I should have said this earlier. So there's a weird relationship between Barbara Judd, well, the actress who plays Barbara Judd in the pub. Who is
0: fantastic. She's... Marion
1: McLaughlin is her name. Tons of things
0: that we like.
1: And Simon, who's played by Nikki Henson. They are both in another episode of Midsummer. the same episode. They seek him here in 07... Okay. Playing different people. Okay. So they come back.
0: They, and that's the French Revolution filming yes. episode.
1: Yes. They're bo- and they're both in that one again. So they have a little reunion. No, well, that's nice. I Maybe mean, they know each other professionally. It adds to the confusion of this episode, though, to know that not only are some of these people in other Midsummers, but they're in them together.
0: I have to assume in those situations, they hire one of them, and they're like, do you know somebody
1: who could do this? And they're like, oh, yeah, I know this guy. He can do that. Yeah. So. Or... It's been five years since he was on an episode, so now we can hire him again. Exactly. Because it's been long enough. I wonder,
0: and I'm going to have to do this now. Oh, I've cursed myself. You just created
1: a database. What is the <laughs>
0: closest in which two people, and one person has played two different
1: characters? I may have that answer. Oh. Today. You, you may have that answer. But not that yet. That isn't
0: Mrs. What's-Her-Name.
1: No, no, not not her. And in way more episodes, too. Oh, okay.
0: Well, I, I'm eager to find out about that. Yeah. So in the incident hall, we, we see that Jay is really looking at Dave's picture, mostly because she's, like, kissing it.
1: Like, <laughs> I, I miss love. you, Davey Dave. I don't so, know that he's all that good looking. I mean, well, when we see his, I mean, he's not hideous, but he's not like, hey, hunkah hunka.
0: We talked about this last week that, you know,
1: in a uh, small village. our
0: standards of beauty are not what British television shows Well,
1: and are. in a little village, right, you've only got so many people to choose from. Exactly. And he's the best-looking single guy. I can see that. So, okay.
0: So Troy and Barnaby want to talk to Miss, Mrs. Yateman. And so they go to talk to her, but Mr. Yateman's there. He's on his breakfast break.
1: Because he manages the dairy. So he must go to work at like 2 in the morning. And this is where
0: he goes, I didn't kill him. I forgave Mary and she's behaved herself since. <laughs> just want to punch him.
1: And she's so sad. She she is just wrecked. And not only does he not care about that, but when he tells her that Dave is dead, he does it in a very callous way. I think
0: he's joyful that Dave is dead
1: and doesn't care that it's going to upset her. No. Or maybe he enjoys that it's going to upset her, because that serves her right, you know? Yeah,
0: definitely. By the way, have you seen my
1: papers? Yeah, they're bloody in this in this evidence envelope. Well, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. Well, aid found them. <laughs> so aid brings
0: the bloody papers to the incident hall. Now, okay... <laughs> This is the warped view I have. I got completely obsessed with this
1: tiny thing that Aid says you? here. You <laughs> no. So Aid
0: says it's twelve miles from Badger's Drift.
1: Right, because he grew up in Badger's Drift and he used to. Bike over to the, is it the Rex or the Roxy? The Roxy, the I Roxy think. The Roxy to dance when he was a kid. But yes. that's 12 miles away. To which
0: I have a note that says 12 miles, you would have had to take three buses and a train to get there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we have had many of these conversations between the two of us that British people just don't realize how small their country is. And they act like every distance is a million times bigger than it is because they've never lived in a country as big as the U.S. Like we, we think nothing of taking a day trip that that's like four hours there and four hours back. And to them, that's like we're going to have to stay over at two places
0: Yes, exactly.
1: It's four hours away. That's so, a
0: three-day trip. The magic of computers allows me to go back in my notes after I hear something further on in the episode, so which I've added a note that says, maybe Owen should just walk there, because he walks eight
1: miles. That's dance. true. <laughs> so Owen can walk eight miles, but it's crazy that Aid would have biked 12 miles to go to a dance.
0: Yeah, and he says he came in uh, like... Uh, Jack the Lad. You know, Aid has all sorts of problems, but this is his best speech. Yeah, he he really comes alive here. He comes in like Jack the Lad, which is a brash, cocky young man. And I bet you he would have been wearing some winkle pickers. I don't, no idea what those are. So.
1: <laughs> you don't know what winkle pickers are.
0: I'm not interested in my winkle being picked. <laughs>
1: A Winkle is a snail. Winkle pickers are men's shoes from the 60s that have very long pointy toes. Oh, those. The okay. Beatles used to wear them a yeah. lot. Yeah, that those are Winkle pickers. Okay. I, it would be hard to ride a bike in, in Winkle pickers, I think. It would be. It'd be but, challenging.
0: you know, he just put his uh, little cuff, his things for his pants and yeah. his... Coat and he was in like Jack the Lad. (laughs) Troy's helping Jay with her pylons, and that's not a (laughs) euphemism. He's helping her with her pylons. This whole relationship just bothers me. Would you like some coffee? Yes. Would you like to talk about Dave? No.
1: (laughs) They have dinner and you know, like he buys her a present and they seem to really like each other. And then she does that stupid thing that people do in movies and TV shows and goes I really like you and I think we could have a future together but no I can't. Okay because Troy is a catch at this point in time. Absolutely. He dresses nice,
0: he's intelligent, he has a good solid
1: job with a nice boss. And he's a policeman, so he would understand her job. And no one in England has handguns, so he's not in danger. No. But she's not going to have it. Whatever. Nope. Stupid Jay. Though, I got to tell you, I don't think I'd like it if he had a long-term girlfriend. I don't think it would have worked. Well, remember, he had a wife. So. He's married <laughs> in the
0: books. Yeah. They go back to the plow, and they talk about... No, wait a minute. Which no, pub is which? No, no. They, sorry. John and John and, and Barbara work or, at the sword. At uh, the sword. They okay. go back to the sword, and he Barnaby talks to John. Like he's an informant or something. (laughs) They really don't know how to write John when he isn't killing people.
1: Yeah, he's just weird. Yeah. Well, but that kind of lines up. He used to work in the city. He's been here three years. Then
0: what exactly is the inciting incident of this killing? Oh,
1: I have so many notes about why, why, <laughs> why, 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 why. But um, he tells Tom that he saw Mike and Dave have a fight. Yes. Right? So Dave was upset that, um, no, I'm sorry, Mike was upset that Dave was sleeping with Mary. Mm-hmm. And so they had a fight. And after that, he, you know, Mike laid it down to Mary too. And she's been behaving since, right? Yeah. So now, you know, Mike's got a, a, a motive to kill Dave and then keith comes home from wherever he's been doing his job and goes to jay and says that debbie's missing yes cuz though aid found the bloody paperwork it must have blown pretty far away from where her body is but i think his dog would have smelled her and found her I but would, he's a bad gamekeeper groundskeeper
0: fence maker guy but luckily they have the dog handler that's his name uh, in the credits yeah
1: and they find the dog they find the body debbie's body and george appears out of nowhere.
0: George! George! You know who hasn't appeared yet? Cully. Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> the forgotten fourth episode. Fourth season. Neither of them are in the fourth season all that much.
1: Yeah, hardly at all. And in my memory, I felt like if you had asked me, I would have said that Cully was in the majority of episodes. And she's not.
0: And she has been to this point. Yeah. But fourth season, Cully? Cully who?
1: Yeah, they talk about her. But she's not there. She's
0: just somebody they talk about.
1: Near Debbie's body, they find a bloody kitchen knife from the Festival of Britain in 1951. Yes. So did you look up the Festival of Britain? I knew what it was. Okay. It's not the
0: murder weapon. But it's a, a national exhibition and fair that reached millions of visitors through the UK in the summer of, 18, of 1951. Now, the thing that's interesting to me about the Festival of Britain is they had this thing called the Skylon. Okay. It was a futuristic-looking, slender, vertical, cigar-shaped steel structure located by the Thames in London that gives the illusion of floating above the ground. It was weird-looking. It's like a big, cigar-shaped
1: UFO. And how do you spell it? S-K-Y-L-O-N. Oh, like a Skylon. I thought you meant sky lawn, L-A-W-N. No, no, not lawn. I was like, oh, it's like grass in the sky. No No wonder you (laughs) were looking at me like... like They had floating turf, and you're impressed. I don't know what that means. No, and this thing was
0: huge. and You could see it from all over the city. I, I but would it wasn't a
1: building. It was like a sculpture
0: or I something? I would have loved to see it. Put Skylon in your search, and you will see some interesting pictures.
1: Huh? So this is, the Festival of Britain was kind of like rallying the country after the end of World War II, yeah. right, to kind of lift the spirits and... Mention that they were probably off rations by that point. Yeah, and celebrate their country.
0: But that knife wasn't sharp enough and clearly placed there. Why?
1: Hmm. I guess we'll find out.
0: I guess we'll find out. So they go talk to Keith, who is... I'm so sad. He is. He's very sad. He asks if she had been molested and anything. He, he plays the I'm a husband who didn't kill my wife thing perfectly.
1: Yeah. And Keith Shortlands is played by Adam Blackwood. Mm-hmm. He's a good actor. He has a kind of a peculiar face. Though
0: Adam Blackwood is quite the name. Oh, it's a great name. Yes.
1: Two things about him that I found interesting. One is that he's in Jeeves Jeeves and Wooster a lot. Yes. He plays like one of their bestest friends. I can see that. And I knew as soon as I saw this episode for the first time way back when, I recognized him. I'm like those ears, I recognized those ears. Was he the Newt guy? No, he's okay. no, he's not the Newt guy in <laughs> Jeeves and Wooster. But speaking of his awesome Adam Blackwood name, yes, he is the voice of James Bond in all of the video games. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Which doesn't, when you think like of this... Like, including
0: Goldeneye, the famous yeah. James Bond game of all time? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah,
1: but you, you to look at him, you wouldn't think super secret agent. No, you wouldn't, <clears> with giant ears.
0: But he can do the Q, point. can you change these ears into a weapon? <laughs>
1: but he can do voices. Adam,
0: Adam Blackwood. So then they have a part which is clearly, we're going to explain, and Sally, to the people who watch this show, not from Britain. <laughs>
1: Now, I don't know, because I didn't, and I didn't do a ton of research into Aunt Sally, but the little that I did gave me the impression that it is kind of a regional game.
0: It is certainly an Oxfordshire game.
1: It, it would be as if, if we went to Oregon and said, hey, do you play cornhole? They would go, what? But if you're in the Midwest, everybody knows exactly what that is.
0: It's a weird thing. It's with, with bean beanbags. bags. <laughs> Sometimes I wake up and I go, I live in Indiana. <laughs> so there's a doll on the stick, and that is Aunt Sally. Oh, so that's you her... are going to hit Aunt Sally.
1: Oh, that's mean. Now we're Man, back in Punch and Judy I end. so want to pick one of these things. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know if they're heavy? They're wood, right? Yeah. Uh,
0: I would like to play this game to try it out. Now, I did see if there was an Aunt Sally game anywhere near us, and of course there isn't. no. So, I wish there was.
1: Like, I wish there were curling, but
0: Mm -hmm. unfortunately, no.
1: The doll must be made of, like, a really dense wood.
0: Yeah, it's like a really dense wood. Like oak or something. And you have to throw the sticks on your The batons.
1: What do they call them?
0: I don't know what they call them. Sticks. (laughs) Sticks. So, Ben Barrow runs the other pub, and aid is just Cranky McCrankerson at this point.
1: The Randy Bastard. He got what he deserved. Never mind that dying means that they're short a guy on their team.
0: Yes, because... Owen was, is the leader and a publisher that we'll find out is incredibly important later.
1: I understand now why Ben was so upset about having an incomplete Aunt Sally team, because really that game between the two pubs is probably the most interesting thing that happens in this village ever. I would have to think so. They go to Simon's shop. Did you you find out what Clicks is?
0: Yes Good Clicks is the vending company Oh I'm
1: disappointed <laughs> It's not a particular There's soda There's a vending machine in Simon's shop that, that says Clicks K-L-I-X Which is a cool name And it looks like a soda machine and I was like Ooh I've never heard of that soda. soda It's called Clicks
0: mm, it Give sounds me some so,
1: Clicks soda It sounds so modern
0: yeah, you well, know? no, It's they're just a beverage company. like A, a vending, vending machine
1: company. company. Oh, that's disappointing. Well, he's living in the store, so he's probably drinking a lot of clicks. So they're going through his underwear. Not on purpose. Accidentally. If you want to buy that filing cabinet, I'll have to empty it out first. But he sure has a lot of records. <laughs> Brits say bloody a lot, right? Yeah. It, it's hard for people in the, outside of the UK to know... How bad of a word is bloody? Because it seems to get thrown around a lot. But when Simon sees his paperwork in the evidence bag, I don't know. Somebody didn't read the script here. They didn't Because he
0: says bloody like four times. He's like,
1: bloody state of it. It's bloody. Look at that. It's so bloody. Bloody paperwork. Bloody woman and the bloody paperwork. It's like how you can make a whole sentence out of the F word and it makes sense. Yeah, He's using bloody in every way that you can use bloody. Including
0: covered in blood.
1: Covered (laughs) in blood, you know, but also as an adjective for something that's frustrating or whatever. And
0: yeah. Well, it's just a way for him to gain his independence.
1: That's why he left his wife. Yes. Yeah. No, she threw him out. Janet. I would have got away from her. She's misery.
0: Well, Simon's... uh... Also, getting it on with Louise, because anybody with a sexless husband can sleep with anybody else immediately.
1: Did you find it strange that Louise and Owen live in this giant, like, country estate and have no help? No help at all. It's just the two of them. Well, they get very bored, I think, because she's doing all the work. But I don't see her doing any work. She sits and does her embroidery. Yes, exactly. And she looks at his maps. She's not very good at the embroidery, by the way. To his wife having sex with people. And thinks about publishing. Yes. And why people don't tell him things.
0: Owen is seen sneaking into the house. Owen is weird, but harmless.
1: Mm, I don't know that he's harmless. I mean, that marriage is not healthy. No. Louise is miserable. She may be getting it on with half the village, but But she's she's not not happy. happy. No, she's not happy. And when she says, I'm bored, and suggests kind of implies that maybe they should split up. He says, but that's not going to change things, right? And as soon as she says no, he's like, oh good. He doesn't say... But how you know good? But how could I make you happy? No, he right. He's only concerned about his own interest.
0: Her happiness.
1: No. Or assumes that she's happy. Dave's apartment is weird. Okay, first of
0: all, he has a BT bill, which is okay. But it led me to the question: Can the police open your mail if you're dead? Yes. No. It's evidence. No, it's not. Why not? The Royal Mail and the U.S. Mail forbids anyone from opening letters of a dead person, but the person who receives their estate in the will. It specifically...
1: Even if it's already been delivered and it's in their house?
0: Yes. Oh. It specifically said the police are not allowed to open mail of a dead person.
1: Wow. Wow. Well, Barnaby breaks the law all the time, (laughs) right? But Dave's apartment looks like the apartment of, like, a 15-year-old boy. Wait a minute.
0: It's not full of girly pictures, dirty books, and a crate
1: of condoms? No. Condoms. Condoms. It's full of toys. Police toys. Maybe there was a scene that they cut where it was like, yeah, and Dave's dad was a policeman. Or Or her, him, and... Is this supposed to imply that he and Jay are closer? And he's like dressing up like a cop and being with
0: Jay, which I would hope Jay would be like, I would like to separate work and fun.
1: Or she implies that he kind of broke her heart. So maybe he was still kind of, you know, stuck on her. And by having police stuff in his apartment, it made him think of her. It's just so weird that there's all that police stuff in his apartment. Because she doesn't have mailman stuff in her place. And there is no... (laughs) Why do you have this mailbag here? <laughs> oh, it's just my lunch bag. Never mind. Never mind. Here's a book on Byron. Yeah. Why do you have all this unopened mail? Um, it's illegal to open it. <laughs> what am I going to do with it? But he does have a Louise Brooks
0: picture. Yes, he does, up on the wall. So Louise Brooks is a famous... Movie star from the 20s. Yeah,
1: with the classic Bob profile. Who
0: just got run over by censorship laws, right? She was kind of the first sex symbol in movies and was unafraid to do uh, naked scenes and things like that. She had no problem with any of that and played sort of salacious female characters, strong women and interesting women, but was linked to sex and film and then censorship came along and just... Destroyed her career. Her yeah. career,
1: yeah. Dave also has a hand embroidered handkerchief with his name on it. I, I don't know
0: if it's his name because it's so damn hard to read because she's crap at the needlepoint. <laughs>
1: Then we've got Dave's funeral. Now, there's a very important person at this funeral.
0: Well, I went off on a tangent with the funeral, so go ahead and tell me about the important person at the funeral. The priest. Okay, who's only in this scene.
1: Yep. You think he's a waste of space. No, not as much as the last vicar, but... He's played by Neville Phillips. That's a good name. He's in Six Midsummers. Wow. Two times he's named... Yeah. This is not the first episode he's been in that we've talked about already. Oh my gosh! But amongst his other credits, he gets to be a priest once. He's a priest here. Yeah. A vicar twice. Okay. And an admirer once. Ad- admirer? Mm-hmm. Wow. He's the admirer. Oh.
0: <laughs> and but this is the guy who's been in the Midsummer's closest together.
1: Yeah. Uh, what, what? He was in two, and that that were in the same season. Wow. That's different people. Yes. No, I take that back. He may be the vicar twice in the same season. Oh. But okay. now he's a priest. Okay. And later he'll be an admirer. Admirer. He kind of goes downhill. Like his first his first appearance, he has a name. His second appearance, he has a first name. And then he's vicar, vicar, priest, admirer.
0: And, uh, you know, when you're writing stuff and you're just putting a character in that's just going to be in this scene. Oh, yeah, he doesn't even Sometimes you just throw in a name. But he
1: must have a like the face of a clergyman. He must. Right, or the demeanor of a clergyman. But when I was taking notes, I thought, okay, so we've actually talked about him before because he's been in an earlier episode. And then I got to thinking about the fact that Barbara and John, or Barbara and Simon are in another episode. Yes. And I had this sudden fear that at some point, as we're going through these episodes, we're going to get to the point where there are no new actors to talk about because they've all been in Midsummer's before. Later
0: episodes, there's certainly, well...
1: (laughs) There might be one or two new actors, but everybody else has already been in one, and we've talked about them already (laughs) before. um, I don't
0: think we'll ever get there. We're
1: out of new new people to talk about.
0: So you were fixated on the priest at the funeral, and I was fixated on the plate. The plate that is on the front of Dave Cutler's casket. The plate that clearly says that he was born 4-11-1968, and that he died on the 28th of October, 2000, because... Record scratch.
1: It's the 28th of October when he dies.
0: Wait a minute. So that means that the day bef- day after is the 29th, and this day that they're having the funeral is now the 30th. Where the hell is the Halloween
1: in this episode?
0: Because it's a Halloween episode!
1: We don't like Halloween around here, or mobile libraries. Nope. There's no <laughs> Halloween mentioned. It's not
0: talked about. Nothing! Nothing! <laughs> And, okay, I may be a little Halloween obsessed. I love Halloween, but I'm like, could there not be a pumpkin? Or, or, just do this. Okay, just do this. Instead of the 28th of October, make it the 15th. Yeah. And you skip everything. Or make it the 2nd of October.
1: Well, to them, I guess Halloween's not a big deal. Okay. It wasn't even a notable thing to avoid or include or... I do
0: realize that it's not as big in Britain as it is in Canada and the U.K. and and the U.S., but it's still a thing because there's other episodes that reference it.
1: Yeah, and it's still, like, fall and harvest. You would still see, like, corn husks and... Pumpkins and gourds and that kind of thing. So this is will be
0: forever the un-Halloween episode
1: now. It, it is. It culminates of, on Halloween. Yes,
0: it does. So I have in my notes, why are these people not getting ready for Halloween? Wait, this is actually
1: the 30th. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's that small village thing. So we'll go no more roaming. Roving. 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 Then we get to meet Janet. She's Bitchy, she is. Do you know where we know
0: her from? Mm-mm. Do you remember the Firefly Cage episode of Lovejoy? Yes. And the crazy American woman, I think it was. Yes. That's her.
1: Oh. Well, she also her name's Kim Thompson, the actress. She almost ruined my day. How? <laughs> Kim Thompson ruined my day. Well, researching Kim Thompson ruined my day. Almost ruined my day. Please go on. Um, She was in a short-lived mystery show called Virtual Murder. Um... <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, in the late 80s, where she and um, a guy who was a, I think he's a lawyer, he's a barrister or something like that. Um, they investigate crimes that have kind of a supernatural kind of twist to them, sort of x file sort of. And so I thought, I want to see a clip of this show. I want to know, like, how paranormal did it get, and did they debunk that stuff, or was that the point of the show? Now, what was year that- is this? In the late 80s. Late 80s. Um, It's called
0: Virtual Murder? Yeah, there's only six episodes of it. That's impressive that it had that name in the 80s.
1: So I did some Googling to find a clip of this show and found something completely different.
0: Yes. So this is the text that you sent me this morning that freaked me out. (laughs) Because I thought you were making it up.
1: I was not making it up. Because as I was looking for a clip of Virtual Murder, the show with Kim Thompson in it, I discovered that there is a Murder, She Wrote episode called Virtual Murder in which Jessica, the old lady from Nantucket, goes into virtual reality to solve a mystery.
0: I seriously worried about my wife, Sandy, at this point in time. I was like, baby, that didn't happen. It just... Didn't happen.
1: You you said it was a Berenstain Bears thing. Yes, it clearly (laughs) like like that happened in in an alternate universe. Universe that we
0: exist in. No point did Jessica Fletcher put on a VR headset.
1: I said, OMG! Did you know there's an episode of Murder She Wrote where Jessica Fletcher goes into a virtual reality to solve a mystery for a friend who makes video games? And you said, um, no, there isn't. (laughs) (laughs) And I said. Nineteen ninety-three episode called a virtual murder. You you said that's a Berenstein Bear fake level thing. I said, I just watched a clip and then you said OMG. <laughs> Headset and everything. Z OMG. <laughs> and then I sent you the clip and you just said the F word. Yeah. <laughs> so of course we'll put the clip. Needless mm-hmm. to say, I couldn't help but watch 25 minutes. <laughs> Of like a 50-minute show.
0: Did Tom Bosley put on the set too? No. Oh, damn. But
1: I do have to say, I know it's a completely different show, but I do have to say (sighs) that the VR headset that Jessica Fletcher wears way back in the early 90s is way better looking than anything we have now. (laughs) It's no, like mirrored it looks, sunglasses and
0: black gloves, no, like, and she's in VR. Yeah, it looks it looks like an Oculus Rift. It looks like one of the, okay. the latest technology. twenty
1: five years too early. <laughs> no, no, baby, that's like thirty years too early. Okay, even more. And Jessica is good at it immediately. Oh, of course, she is. You know, Barnaby should go into VR at some point. <laughs> that would be awesome.
0: There, there is a mem. There is a mention later about email. And then there's a point where they talk about Twitter on Midsummer. I'm sure of it.
1: Yeah. With John Barnaby.
0: Yeah, I think so. All
1: I know is that that darn show that Kim Thompson is in, it was a Google trap. (laughs) It's like I woke up 40 minutes later and was like, wait a minute, what was I doing? Oh, yeah. I'm supposed to be researching stuff. Troy wins a leg of lamb. He does indeed. In the big meat drawing. So the sign. It's the best poster ever. The sign in the plow
0: (laughs) says, it's the plow weekly meat drawing. So this is weekly.
1: Every week they give away meat.
0: One pound per strip, which I'm assuming is a ticket. Yeah. Top prize, large leg of lamb. Second prize, free range chuck. Third prize, this is the one that I'm a little leery on, ox tongue and or heart. Ew. And Yuck. then fourth wise, homemade sausages. I don't know. If it. I won third, I'd be like, oh, can I sausages. trade?
1: <laughs> can we trade? I got a tongue. And Troy won first place. Like a lamb. Like a lamb.
0: Which is like in a pressure wrap thing. like It's vacuum sealed. Yeah, but what? I would thought that this was. Like a farmer who had brought this stuff in? Yeah, but even local meat processors can do vacuum seals. Oh, That's I not know. a big deal. When I would have liked to see seen it wrapped in the kind of butcher paper.
1: But then we wouldn't have been able to see what it was. And then you open it up and go, a leg of leg? <laughs> Why is this in here? I don't know. It
0: has nothing to do with the story. Like, if Troy used the leg of lamb to beat up John at the end, hey. that, I, I could see that.
1: There's this whole kind of uh, weird village integration it's thing in this, whole, leg of- <laughs> in this whole episode. you You get the sense of, like, Tom and Troy kind of integrating into the village so they can suss out what's going on because it's a very closed space, right? I guess so. So Troy has kind of fallen in love with Jay and they're at the pub and they go to play the Aunt Sally. And and I even wondered at one point whether they were staying there instead of going home because Troy changes clothes between day and night. But... But then Joyce shows up, so it it can't be very far away, right? Nothing's far away.
0: It's only twelve miles from. So Patrick's they drift. they probably so.
1: just you know run home at the. Maybe end they
0: send Owen home to
1: get their stuff, to d- and he just walks it. Yeah. Yeah, and gets their stuff. Maybe. The next morning,
0: Barnaby watches as Yateman drives away and sneaks in, and talks to the wife. He was his usual boob grabbing self.
1: <laughs> that the the scene in the in the pub. Is the first time I realized that John and Barbara both live there. They live at the Sword. They both live above the pub.
0: Yes, and they're they're like roomies, but they're not romantically connected, though I think she would two, like
1: that. I think there are two living spaces. They yeah. don't live together, Yeah, but they share the kitchen. And yeah, I think she's got a soft spot for
0: him. And he's on the phone talking to his girlfriend, which is... Uh, like, he's not actually talking to a real person. No. He's talking to dead air. It's weird. And then Barnaby has a dancing scene.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Did they need to fill space?
0: I guess so, because it's like purely a visual joke, because Troy and Jay catch him, and they're like, we (laughs) gotcha.
1: Off to the nippy chip. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's only there every two weeks. It sells cod,
0: placey, place, place. I don't know what that is. Fish. Monk fish,
1: monkfish, chicken, pies, burgers, rolls, cold drinks, selection. I don't think I could tell the difference between those three fish, breaded and fried. They also do
0: events, but that was all I could read on the other side.
1: Oh, so you can hire the, the fish and chip fan to come to like do your wedding?
0: The nippy chip, yep. Petroy <laughs> Troy her flowers.
1: He did, so they could get fish and chips. They take it home and eat it on plates. Yeah, they do, which is fine. They live right there. Uh, Troy finds the Byron book, and reads. so we know that she's the one who left the flowers at the yeah. funeral. About we will go no more roving. Then but we got
0: she th- doesn't want a relationship. So let's go play Aunt Sally.
1: And this is like the big event in the village. Joyce! Joyce shows up and there's a lot of tension. All of the potential suspects are there. And, and Louise wants to get as drunk as possible as quickly as possible. I can see why Tom wanted to be there, though. Because now you're seeing all these potential suspects and their relationships and them talking to each other. I think yep. it would be helpful. Yep, exactly. But Tom is the man.
0: Well, Troy is not the man because he goes over for 6.
1: Yeah, he misses it. Completely. I worry for those two guys who retrieve the Aunt Sally when they're standing there so close to it that he's okay. going to hit one of them. But, but he has a good spirit about it. He laughs about it. But Tom,
0: bang, 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 bang. He he knew how to do this game. Yeah,
1: he's not just a natural. No. He's a good player because he's played many times before. So Owen
0: goes to pick up the sticks and almost gets hit by one. Everybody there would have seen exactly who did this. Yeah, I
1: don't know how they... I don't know if they thought it's the audience will understand that everybody would have seen it. And so nobody's going to say anything because they all would have thrown it or we're actually supposed to believe that nobody saw who threw it. Well, clearly it's aid who threw it and he completely throws Owen under the bus.
0: Yeah. He says that you stole a bill hook and you hated him. So you killed Dave Cutler. Yeah. Because he doesn't know what's really going on. And Louise is just drunker and drunker and drunker. Well, she takes Simon outside to let him down easy. On a bench. So it's 1.30 in the morning. My next note is all in capital letters, which is, it's f- Halloween.
1: <laughs> you said the F word out loud. You're going to beep yourself Yes.
0: There. And she goes, why? It's 1.30 in the morning. Why would you go to the b- back to the
1: store to well, see the police? The police want to see me at my store. What they want to buy a desk. I need a desk, stat.
0: So he goes, and now the the record player he's got that's a better sound system than what than John's boombox, John's cassette player, cassette player. And I have to say, you know, thumbs up to the sound guys because the sound is better when it comes off the record player.
1: They can it when it's from the yeah, cassette player, then, yeah, yeah. So it sounds better. So it sound it does sound better. But Simon doesn't know how to dodge.
0: No, no, he failed his dexterity check also.
1: That that desk is, you know, 15 feet in the air, and he can see it coming and has time to say, oh, no, yeah. in that time, take a step back. Yep. And is John up there on that shelf? Yes. Way up there on that shelf? Waiting in his coat. <laughs> <Banana. Yeah. laughs> but I just wonder, like, how do you get leverage on a shelf that high to push without, like, rocking... I mean, I'm sure they're very stable. You don't put big stuff on big shelves like that and they're going to wobble around, but I... I,
0: I don't know how he does exists without a forklift. Like, how do you get that down? Like, normal every day... How do you get no it up one there goes goes in the first goes, place? I want that desk up there three levels up. Yeah. How does he get it down? He must have one. He must have a forklift.
1: Because he got it up there in the first place. My comment
0: is, I guess... I guess Simon got rolled over by a rolled up desk.
1: <laughs> you know, he could have even taken a step forward. He could have. That would have dodged it equally. And the leg area would have made it clear him. Yep. Mm.
0: The morning of Halloween. Sometimes I walk eight miles. Well, then you could go between Badger's
1: Drift and the damn Roxy. <laughs> I just keep noting what does Aid do? What is Aid's job? Why is aid there? At the scene of the
0: crime, where they find Simon, they found a scarf with perfume in it. It's tacky. And then we see that it's The Creep by Ted Heath. Like, yeah, it, that's where we first yeah. see the name. And uh, some old tat, which is makeup, which is uh, frosted lipstick. Pink. Frosted pink lipstick.
1: Louise admits to Tom that she's had all these affairs. She's very straightforward to it, to him, and frank about it. And Well,
0: think it. Think of poor Louise at this point in time. The last two men she's had sex with are dead.
1: Right. She's got to be a little on edge. I would be. Tom says, why does everyone in this village seem to be at it? (laughs) (laughs) Because they are. (laughs) Or at least this little circle of people. He only
0: comes home early when his wife is entertaining.
1: Yeah, see, okay, here's Owen being creepy again. It's just, ugh. So he records it. She doesn't. He does. But
0: he, she knows. He's she knows. But he records it.
1: So he has to be there. It's yeah. not as if she's got a tape recorder in the bedside table and just presses record. Yeah. He stands outside and records it. It's, ugh, it's very strange. I mean, whatever you're into, if you're not hurting anybody, fine. But don't tell me that's not creepy. No. Why does that recording, when he plays it for Tom and Troy, suddenly go to birds? Don't. <laughs> Do not know. It's like
0: sudden. It is. Louise says that the, goes through the evidence, touching it with her hands, that the scarf and the lipstick, and this is probably the best line of the episode for me, is it's something a man would buy for a woman because he thought that's what a woman would want.
1: Mm-hmm. But in the fifties.
0: Yeah. Troy and Jay, though not going to have a long-term romantic relationship or short form bonking, can dance.
1: To Dean Martin.
0: Yes, who's singing Tangerine, which was written by Johnny Mercer and Victor Schweitzinger, which has the great line about across the Argentine. Because how on earth
1: do you rhyme tangerine with any other word? <laughs> Orange. There's a gap in this story that I don't understand. See if maybe if you can explain it. Yeah. So to this point, Tom has not actually heard the music that the killer plays. Yeah. Nobody has sung it for him. No. We have no reason to think that he knows anything more than it seems like old style band, big band music. Exactly. It made him look around in the attic, probably just reminiscing about music, though he's not old enough to have been involved in World War II and big band music. But then he and Joyce are in Oxford and they're in the music shop. Okay. I have lots about the music shop. Okay. But my bigger question is, why are they there? What is he looking for? He's looking for more big band music
0: because he wants to hear more. Even so, though he has all the records,
1: so you didn't—you didn't have the impression that he was looking for the song. No, because, it just made him think. Oh, I like that kind of music. Looks, I should have more of it. He looks
0: on the record player and sees the creep. That's why we know it's the creep
1: hmm So and he now knows what song it is. That's right. Yeah. So we don't know why he's looking other than just that he thinks, I want to listen to some more of that kind of music.
0: So they go to Astley's in Oxford. And it's Astley, not Astley's, which was actually an actual store that was run by a family of Edwin Astley, who was a well-known composer of music for film and TV in the 50s and 60s. Now, when this store closed down... In- is
1: it a one-off or is it a chain? A one-off. It's in
0: Wallingford, which is like a suburb of Oxford. When this store closed, it made national paper in England because it was such a beloved place. Oh, well, it's nice that they included it. Yep, it's Three Marketplace in Wallingford. Unfortunately, now it's Acosta. That's quite the change. Well, you know, they're recruiting, so if you need a
1: job... Costa will hire you? Costa, Costa will hire you. Uh, blame it on Amazon. Little music shop's going out. And they talk
0: about this person, uh, what's her name again? Cully. Who the hell is that?
1: <laughs> well, we don't have to think about Cully too long because Owen's about to get killed. I do not understand this death. Yeah. There
0: are several problems. First of all, it's way out in the open, right? It's compl- it's remote, though. It is remote. Luckily, but John aid, has to
1: drive there.
0: Aid and his cigarette are there. The same cigarette he's had in every single scene. But they're
1: kind of across the valley a little bit. So John drives his car up there in the mud. Knowing Owen will be exactly there? Though Owen walks a different path every day. Guess. Plays the music in his car, but Owen doesn't see him coming. Nope. Gets out and beats- Doesn't hear
0: the car door.
1: Beats Owen with his own stick.
0: And then takes a pen and puts it in a tree.
1: Yeah. Why?
0: And then when the cops get there, they said, oh, this happened like half an hour ago. Well, then you should have passed John on the way down. If
1: not, they just drove over his tracks. Yeah. So there's no identifying the car from the tires. Well, Would luckily, you have even
0: <laughs> noticed that pen? No, I wouldn't have noticed It's that, dark man.
1: against a dark yep. tree. What I don't get, though, and, and maybe John had the bell hook in his coat. And just just decided that it was, you know, poetic justice to beat him with his own stick. I guess. But what does that have to do with the pen? Well, Owen wouldn't publish his book. And if you remember, when you see the manuscript of the book, it's written in like calligraphy. So I think We're John stretching. wrote. I think We're John stretching. wrote with a
0: fountain pen. Far as we can get to get this pen into the story. I think he wrote it with a fountain pen. Oh, I agree with you, but it's still weird that the pen is in the tree.
1: Yeah. It's not a clear piece of, like, oh, nobody will miss this evidence. No. But luckily, since aid is just over there across the way. Collecting dead stuff. He saw the whole thing. Sort of. But without noticing any of the details. Yes. Like the color of the car. Or the fact that he killed Owen. He's like, I, I didn't really see what happened. I was too busy making my useless fence. <laughs> Me and my dog.
0: So Owen, Simon, and David... All important
1: men in Louise's
0: life are all dead now. Louise
1: is having a bad week. Debbie just got caught in the middle. Yeah. Poor Debbie. She and Louise did not have a relationship. Debbie's husband's
0: moving to Dorset, though. Well, wouldn't you? Yeah. He wanted... Somebody wanted her to work on a typewriter and wear an old dress. But we're not sure who.
1: Well, don't forget, now that John's come off the mountain after killing Owen with his own stick...
0: Being covered in blood, sorry.
1: His imaginary girlfriend has broke up with him.
0: Oh, my imaginary girlfriend. No, wait a minute.
1: His imaginary mom-girlfriend broke up with him. Exactly. Because his girlfriend's name is Tammy, which was his mom's name. Okay.
0: I realize that I'm in a unique situation, that my mother's name is Madonna.
1: (laughs) Which I never get over, (laughs) because she's the least Madonna-like Madonna ever. (laughs) But I'm not going to date anybody named Madonna. And certainly, if you're going to imagine a girlfriend to impress your friends, you're not going to name her Madonna.
0: No. No. I'm dating Madonna as a different of <laughs> text. <laughs> oh, really? You're dating Madonna? <laughs> sure. Hmm. Well, you know who's not dating? Gavin and Jay. No. She gives him the, the, the old heave-ho here.
1: And, and this is yet another scene. Okay, John drives, yes, but he doesn't teleport. How does he get around so fast? Well, with his precious bill hook that he touches and pets... Oh, no, it's a cassette recorder sitting next to him in the car that apparently he pets. Oh, it's just so Because he goes from being on the mountain or on the hill, killing Owen, to being down to observe Jay and Troy. Then he's suddenly to the pub. at the pub.
0: With no blood on him.
1: And Tom's there. Well, I, I don't think he'd have as much blood on him this time after beating Owen with a stick. But still. It's not the bill hook. He'd be at least disheveled. Yeah. I don't know.
0: But he's going to a jazz club in midsummer worthy. Yeah, he just whips out an excuse to be out there in his car with his cassette player. Don't tape it. It's naughty, as opposed to killing all the people that you've killed
1: already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you really want to break the law, don't don't record a concert.
0: I have another little note here that says, These people have missed Halloween completely.
1: <laughs> you just couldn't <laughs> let it go, could you? No. Nope. You were obsessing about that. <laughs>
0: Barbara says John needs cheering up. That whole thing about Tammy comes out that that she's never called there. And then Dave is suddenly a suspect out of nowhere. Not Dave, John. John, sorry. John is suddenly a suspect out of nowhere. I realize they are... Running late in the episode, but all of a sudden it's John, 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 John,
1: So you don't think that Tom has a good reason to suddenly be suspicious of John? No,
0: not as a killer.
1: Well, we know one of his alibis doesn't really hold. Yeah. When he took Barbara into town. Well, that's, before that, he's a suspect, though. Like. Everybody is. I'm talking yeah. before that. And I realize
0: everybody is, but I just feel it kind of centers on him a little too quickly here.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of a sudden click without an explanation. Yeah, right. Now, certainly, after Tom sees John's
0: room, done and deal. It's one and one equals he's the killer right there. Yeah, he's Norman Bates. He's got a typewriter. He's got a book entitled uh, "Dark Autumn" by John Field, which is handwritten with calligraphy
1: and bound with ribbon.
0: Uh, he has That's not several how you deliver shrines a to his mother.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> not just one. And then
0: Tammy is written on pictures of Jay and Debbie and crossed out under the picture of Debbie. Like, this is not a healthy person. And Burnaby's like, hmm, this may put John in the frame.
1: Meanwhile, Jay's got some kind of mysterious phone call saying, I have evidence. Meet me at the rock Come dance with my bill hook. She's like, oh, okay. I'll be there. Yeah, so his mom, I mean, let's just cut to the chase here, Okay. His mom's name was Tammy. She was a single mother. She had to support him. We get the impression that not only was she like a hostess at a dance hall, but she was probably a prostitute. Barnaby says she's a prostitute. She died. She lost her looks and she died. Yeah. John blames himself because she did what she had to do to raise him. Yeah. And it cost her her looks. So we assume that she had like syphilis or something like that that caused her to get ugly before she died. Something. And so he blames himself. So he's taking it out on the world. Right? Yes. Okay, so that's his condition.
0: So, how old do you think John is? Forty. Okay, so it's been thirty-two years since his mother died.
1: Right. So we don't know why suddenly he moves to this little village three years ago, and then snaps. We don't. We don't Slowly know. Slowly
0: over time.
1: Right. But the way the way that he expresses this obsession with his mom is to make shrines to her. Yeah. Right. Okay, I got the shrine. He has all of her like her things. Yes. Okay. Mom's things. That's not too strange. Nope. Now, the level of stuff that he has is weird, but he loved his mom. You
0: might have a picture of a dead relative in your house.
1: And maybe you've got something of hers. That's nice to have something that was hers. Yeah. He's got a lot more than that, but okay. Then he decides that he's going to turn other women into his mother. And he tries, right? So he tries with Debbie. He wants her to type on his typewriter, and And he wants her to wear a dress that was probably his mom's. Yeah. Well, she wouldn't do it. How did he
0: get that dress, by
1: the way? He kept it since he was eight?
0: When you're an eight-year-old and your mother commits suicide and there's no father in the
1: system... You grab a dress.
0: You grab a dress.
1: Or maybe he found a dress that was from that year that looks like one maybe. that she's wearing in a picture, right? That I Fine. can see. But why does he want to turn these other women into his mother?
0: And then be with them like and a have, girlfriend.
1: yeah. That, that's the part I don't understand. Yeah. So he punishes these people who are sleeping around because his mom was a prostitute. None of them is seeing a prostitute. No. None of them is demanding money for sex. No. The, so he's just now the morality enforcer?
0: The best I can think of is that this thing with Debbie and Dave is new and that... Dave dumped Jay because of this. So
1: John's upset because he liked Debbie and she was seeing Dave.
0: Yes. So that's a reason to kill Dave, okay? For
1: stealing his Tammy.
0: It's a reason to kill Debbie because she cheated on him, right? It's not a reason to kill Simon. Simon has no reason to die in this episode.
1: No, he dies because he wouldn't sell John the desk.
0: Okay. The
1: author's desk that he thought he needed to have.
0: That happened... A while ago, because Owen has a lot of shit on that desk. So oh, that, yeah. this happened a while ago.
1: So why didn't he kill him then? John says he killed David for preying on women. He kills Debbie for not wearing the dress. He kills Simon for being an adulterer and not selling him the desk. And Owen for rejecting his manuscript.
0: But why did he not kill Simon and Owen earlier? I don't
1: know. That's why what I he can't understand. Why D- kill
0: Dave earlier? There's no inciting incident in this that makes any sense. We are going Extra far to try to figure this out.
1: Right. If we could add to this story and we could say, John recently found his mother's diary. Where she said, this is my life and these are the. And my the, kid ruined my life or something. Or no, these, these men that I pinned my hopes on were cheating on their wives and, and dumped me and, and abused me. and Something like that. Then maybe a, a brain that's not right might say, oh, well, then all these other people are like the men who hurt my mother. Or even just
0: be crazy and give him a real girlfriend, not named Tammy, and have her dump him.
1: Right, even that—the heartbreak of another woman leaving him. Because right? that's
0: the plot of a future Midsummer. But no, I don't want to give it away because th- there's spoilers yeah. here. But there, there is at least one other Midsummer in which a killer goes on a killing spree because he got dumped by a woman who said he, she was going to marry
1: him. But so he manufactures that his yeah. fake imaginary girlfriend. Why dumps is him. he manufacturing pain for himself? Maybe he needs a reason. But he's already killed people before that but happens. But still,
0: three years. There's no slow decline into madness or no, anything. No, like he's
1: that. like normal killer. Normal killer. Normal killer. Yeah, in the same like hour.
0: He tries to kill Jay, and and Troy gives him a good thumping. Jay is pretty good, too. Yep. And then they interview him there, and he spills the beans about everything. So then they go outside, and Troy says, I bought her a book of Byron poems. So now we know who is a rovin.
1: We already knew that because the book was in her place. And then the episode ends. The end. Did you have to end it real quick? Meanwhile, (laughs) Cully's in the background going,
0: I came all the way from France to be in my scene. (laughs) And
1: everybody else is checking out wardrobe for the next midsummer that they're in. It just it
0: ends way too quickly, and the killer has no actual motivation other than
1: being crazy. Maybe that song made him crazy. I th- I, he's the creeper, the <laughs> creep. He is the creep. So, best corpse. We've got Dave, Debbie, Owen, and Simon.
0: I'm gonna go. I like Debbie. She's got her mouth open. She's got some blood on her. She's not bad. Do we actually see Simon, or would just see part of Simon? Part of him. Yeah. He's under the desk. Owen's not very good.
1: I'm going to have to go Debbie. I'm going to go Dave. Dave? He's the gonna... original. And he's got a postman's uniform on. Yeah. He, but, and he's nearly decapitated. But
0: he did, you don't see any meat, but of course meat would... Take ma- it beyond the yeah. rating. So it's either Debbie or Dave for sure.
1: After the credits.
0: So this is where it gets really interesting, right? Because now Louise has a bunch of money and no connections to this town. No, she's out of there. She is like there is a Louise shaped hole in that
1: house. Yeah. Cause she doesn't have any connection to the estate and all that stuff. She doesn't care about that. Barbara and all the is, men she liked are dead, yeah. right? Barbara's now Heartbroken, on her own. And she needs a lodger. And Keith is sad. Keith is he's already moving on, yeah. but it's he's sad.
0: What where I'm I thought about after the episode, and I thought a lot about the Yateman's, because Mary is still stuck being married to that idiot.
1: Mike. It's just... Her there, life doesn't change.
0: There's no justice for Mary. No. All she wanted was some fun in her life after being married to the asshole. Now, I'm not condoning infidelity in any stretch of the imagination, but if there was a woman who needed some fun in
1: her life, it was her. Yeah. But there's a bigger question. Okay. What's going to happen to all those desks? Wow, <laughs> I'm going to need a forklift. I kind of enjoyed thinking that Julie was going to be stuck with figuring out how to get rid of all the junk that Dave has in his store. That's true. She would be because she inherited all of it. Because they're not divorced yet. No. And she thinks it's all crap. And that and, he was crap. And, and guess she what? owns all of it. Now, now she's stuck with it. All the angle lamps and ugly desks and, and file underwear cabinets and file dirty cabinet. underwear. Yep. She's got to get rid of all that stuff. And That's, she deserves that. Yeah, she does. And Jay is, uh, you know, left lonely and alone in a little village full of weird people. So
0: I have a question about Jay's house. Is that a station or a house?
1: I think it's combination.
0: Yeah, and she's, she's the a, only one there. Right, because she's... Cause it a, says police outside the house.
1: Yeah, she's a community support officer. So I think she's got like a little office built onto the side of her semi-detached. That's the police station. Is that
0: where she keeps her byron?
1: Yes. And her, her um, pylons. Yes. Right there. Yes, exactly. So that was... Dark Autumn. And now we've got a big question we need to ask the audience.
0: Yes. So we are mere days away from new episodes of Midsummer. They come out on the 1st of December. So When you're listening to this episode, if you're listening to it on the day it drops, it will be the 18th of November. So we're
1: just a little less than two weeks away from new episodes. And we're thinking that we ought to do something special for the new episodes, but we can't decide what to do. So I don't
0: want to spoil new episodes for anybody, right? But I also want to kind of make it an event, like a live tweeting event or... The other thing is... I was thinking, is we probably won't get these till the 2nd of December on Mm -hmm. Acorn Mm -hmm. and Britbox. And we'll probably only get one episode a week. So this is kind of a four-week situation here.
1: Right. So we could do a little mini episode that just... That said, this Point, is
0: full of spoilers.
1: Or that, that isn't, that just points out like, ooh, here's a few fun things in the new episode without yeah. talking about who the killer is. We could live stream watching it for the first time. We could... Which is
0: kind of crazy because we'd have to clean up the living room.
1: <laughs> we could do a live tweet event where yeah. a bunch of us watch it at the same time, yeah. you know, and and tweet our responses as we go together and a lot of you are on twitter and thanks for all the great messages that you already post yeah
0: or instagram we do the same thing yeah so.
1: but you know we're all in different time zones so that might be difficult so what we want our goal is to make it a little bit special without ruining it for folks who don't get a chance to watch it at the time but we don't want to just let it pass you but know I also
0: don't, I, like i don't want to step on acorn or midsummer's toes no if they have something planned we're going to go with whatever they have planned.
1: We'll join in. Yeah. Absolutely. So. But you, listener, awesome people, if you have an idea. Yes. I'm thinking of Suze. Yes. Suze on Twitter. Suze on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst lots of other people. Uh, if you have an idea of something fun, that would be awesome. Share it with us. Leave it in the comments. Send us a little message. Share your ideas. And we'll see what we can put together. We'd like to do something fun.
0: I agree. Next week is episode five, uh, season five, episode one. And I've I've made a decision that it is season five, episode Even one. Even though it's, there's controversy it. There's controversy it, yeah. and we'll cover the controversy and, and we'll cover why I came down on this. And egg. it's called? Tainted Fruit.
1: They ripen by their own corruption. Medlers.
0: <laughs> poor district nurse.
1: It's a fun episode and yeah. it's always fun to share them with you. Um, So leave us a comment, follow us on the Twitter, the Facebook, uh, the Reddit, all those different places. You know where we are. Absolutely. Until next time. Bye, Maniacs. Maniacs. Bye, Maniacs.
0: telepathic stage musician named tarot start again he's not a musician okay a telegraphic sta-
1: no he's not telegraphic either <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay third time's a chart <laughs>